All right, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are live. And I decided to go live this morning um, because I've just been reading so many different things, uh, the happenings from yesterday, and trying to put the pieces together, figure out what's going on. And there's so many different stories to cover. Usually when, uh, you know, I decide whether or not to go live based on if there's too much news to cover in one video. And uh, that is the case today. So, uh, yesterday, we all watched... Uh, the Maricopa Board of Criminals certify a blatantly rigged election once again. And I don't know about you, but I wasn't expecting anything different. These people have proven themselves time and time again that not only are they in on the fraud, but um, they're certainly not going to hold themselves accountable and admit to any wrongdoing. So what what exactly were we expecting? (laughs) Um, Maricopa County, if you guys remember during the uh, 2020 election cycle, were subpoenaed by the Arizona Senate. They they blatantly disregarded subpoenas. Uh, they even admitted under testimony that uh, Jack Sellers and, and Bill Gates both admitted to basically um, deleting the, the logs from the Dominion machines that were under subpoena. They said, we archived them, but we we're not going to turn those over to the Senate, even though they're under subpoena. I mean, these people have have, have been committing crimes for two years, and I, I would never expect criminals to admit to committing crimes. So I wasn't surprised by that whatsoever. Um, and what I was I was a little surprised by is the fact that Cochise County actually withheld certification beyond the, the November twenty eighth deadline making them the only county in Arizona with any balls. Um, There was this rumor going around. Well, it wasn't a rumor. It was partially substantiated, but it was very misleading that there was four counties in Arizona that were refusing to certify the election. And, you know, I I started doing some research on each county, and what I found is, so the four counties were Yila County, Yavapai, Mojave, and Cochise. And the first county I looked up was Yila County, and I was like, this isn't true. <laughs> Yila County certified on the 18th. So I was like, where is this coming from? And then I, I looked up Yavapai County and I didn't see any indication that they were planning to, to withhold certification. Um, and then Mojave and Cochise were the, were the two exceptions. They delayed certification. Uh, they were planning to certify, but they decided to delay it. Uh, Mojave County delayed it till the 28th. And they said it was a political move to show solidarity with their disapproval of the botched election ran by Maricopa County. Um, and then, but so, so I was like, all right, well, they're planning to certify on the 28th. This is, they're not refusing to certify. They're just waiting till the last day. And then Cochise County was the anomaly. They were a bit, they were actually, um, they were, they were, they were basically saying like, we can't certify this election because we, we can't trust the results. They had an issue with the Dominion machines where, um, Prior to the election even happening, they they realized that SLI Compliance, which is the test laboratory for Dominion, uh, you, you guys know there's only two companies, right? There's ProVNV and SLI Compliance. And the, both of those companies, their accreditation with the EAC, the Election Assistance Commission, had lapsed at the time they certified Cochise's equipment. Meaning SLI compliance was not actually an accredited accredited test laboratory, so they're like our machines were never legally certified. Okay, so so what they did was they tried to 
they couldn't get rid of their machines for whatever reason, but they said, well, we want to do a hand count. You know, after this election, we want to do a hand count to ensure that the machine results are accurate because we don't trust them. But what happened was Mark Elias, uh, the Democrats' power attorney, sued Cochise, and they weren't allowed to do a hand count. The judge said, and I've covered this before, um, and I'm going to cover this again because I just find this to be absolutely absurd. Basically, what the judge said was that the fact that um, the Arizona... The Arizona Elections and Procedure Manual, which was written by the Secretary of State Katie Hobbs in 2019, says, okay, yes, you can hand count uh, as many ballots as you want at your discretion, but it says that the, the ballots you hand count have to be selected at random. So the judge was like, well, you guys can't do a hand count of all the ballots because they have to be selected at random. How can you hand count something randomly if you're going to hand count all of the ballots, that's not possible. So the judge said, you're not allowed to do that. So basically, Cochise was like, all right, well, what are we supposed to do here? Our election, the results, we, we, we can't trust these machines, and you won't let us do a hand count. And now you're telling us we legally have to certify the election. And they're like, we're not doing it. Um, so, so two to one, there was one Democrat and two Republicans on the 28th, the deadline, they said, we're still not going to certify the election because none of this has been addressed and uh, we, we still have a problem on our hands, <laughs> right? I mean, we, we how, how are we supposed to certify an election that we can't ensure with confidence to our voters was safe and secure? So Cochise has some balls. Cochise has that big dick energy right now. And that's exactly what we need. Now, after they, de- they decided they're not going to certify, immediately, immediately, guess who steps in? Mark Elias and Katie Hobbs. They actually got hit with two lawsuits yesterday. Mark Elias uh, filed the first lawsuit, and Katie Hobbs filed the second. And basically, they're saying that you have a legal obligation. Um, you have, yep, CanCon, I'm, I'm going to get to that one, too. Uh, basically, they said you have a legal obligation. And there is a statute in Arizona, which is ARS 16-642, which basically says that you have you have to certify an election no sooner than six days after the election and no later than 20 days. So technically, per Arizona law, you can't withhold certification beyond the 28th because, you know, that's... 20, 20 days after uh, the election would be the 28th, right? So I'm gonna I'm just gonna take a wild guess here. I'm gonna take a wild guess here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that Katie Hobbs is going to win in court. And I, I don't mean to be Mr. Black Pillar here, but I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say the courts aren't gonna be on our side because they never have been. I mean, we've been dealing with this for two years. I'd be an idiot to sit here and think that Katie Hobbs is going to lose this in court. And, uh, you know, Cochise County is going to to refuse certification. It's it's just not going to happen. And I hate to say that. But I, I, I remember what happened in New Mexico. Otero commissioners, they tried to withhold certification. Uh, the, the Secretary of State, Maggie Tollhouse Oliver, went straight to the Supreme Court for an injunction. 
got the injunction, and they were forced to certify it. And the, the judge basically said, this is just an administrative thing. Like, it's a, it's, it's a ceremonial thing. You, you, you're not allowed to do this. And they were forced to certify. CanCon should join Nick in this stream, says John M. 1985. I would actually love that, but I'm, I'm streaming on OBS Studios, and I don't know how to bring in guests. If I had set it up in StreamYard, I could do that. Unless CanCon knows how, I, I, I don't. So now that the stream has started, I don't know how to bring on a guest. Sorry. Um, so, what what Katie Hobbs is asking the courts is to force them to certify by Thursday, right? And, I mean, they were ready to hit them with this lawsuit before it ever happened. Mark Elias was tweeting out, uh, if Cochise tries to pull anything funny, if Mohav tries to pull anything funny, they will be sued. And so Mark Elias literally had the lawsuit drafted and ready to go. And as soon as they, they withheld, he hit them with the lawsuit. So it was already pre-planned. They were, they were already coordinated, and they were already planning to do this. And so what I think is going to happen, to be perfectly honest with you, is Cochise is going to be forced to certify. But what's good about this, and why I, I think we should all be thanking and uh, th- you know singing the praises of Cochise County is the fact that they're forcing her into a position, Katie Hobbs, with a blatant conflict of interest for overseeing the election which she was the candidate in, um, now is going to have to force a county to certify an election that they don't trust. So how does that make her look? Well, to me, it makes her look like a, a, a gosh damn criminal. And that's exactly what she is. So Cochise... Even though I don't think this is going to play out in the long run, uh, I, 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 I still think that they have done a, a, a very virtuous and courageous thing. You know, they're saying that this is a Class 6 felony. And Class 6 felony is like the lowest degree of felony. It's, it's basically the next thing after a, a misdemeanor. Um, but, I mean, they're putting themselves in the line of fire. For the deep state to come cracking down on them. Uh, I mean, the the media is ridiculing them as a bunch of election-denying conspiracy theorists, and they're sticking to their guns. So, as far as... They're they're basically doing everything they can on their end. And what what more could we ask? Even if they don't win this in the long run, what more could we ask from them? But (laughs) I I got this story I want to pull up for you guys. It's actually pretty freaking crazy how these psychopaths think and the way they contextualize these situations. So check this out. Oops, that's... Let me stretch this out so you guys can actually see. AZ Central is basically the propaganda rag of of Arizona. They're like the CNN of Arizona. I want you to read and just take a look at how they've contextualized this situation with Cochise County because basically what they're saying... I mean, to me, like I said... Katie Hobbs trying to force them to certify makes her look like a criminal. But according to Arizona Central, this only proves that Katie Hobbs really stinks at cheating. That she's actually a virtuous hero that's not concerned at all with herself, but of the the voters in Cochise County. Take a look, okay? I think I highlighted a couple things here. Okay, if Hobbs in her office chose not to follow the law and essentially look the other way... It would be a bonanza for Democrats, pennies from heaven. Cochise County is heavily Republican, according to records on the county's website. 
And uh, Republican Juan, how the hell do you say that name? Republican Juan Kiscomani received nearly 14,000 more votes than Democrat Kristen Engel in their race for Arizona's 6th Congressional District. Likewise, Republican Tom Horn received 9,000 more votes than Democrat Kathy Hoffman in the contest, contest for superintendent of public instruction. If the supervisors were to refuse the certification, their election results and, as the law provides, disenfranchise all the voters in Cochise County, Democrats would have enough votes from the 14 counties to win both of those races. So all Katie Hobbs' office has to do to make that happen is turn a blind eye. Don't file a lawsuit, don't do anything, and let the goofball Republican majority on the Cochise County Board, who ironically squawk about non-existent voting irregularities, negate the votes of tens of thousands of their residents, the majority of them from their own party. So basically, what they're saying here is that Katie Hobbs, by filing this lawsuit to force Cochise County to certify, is... A testament to her character, actually. <laughs> it's it's a testament to her character because if she were to turn a blind eye and allow them to withhold certification, then when they go to certify it at the state level, Katie Hobbs sits down with Doug Ducey and Mark Burnovich and they certify without the votes from Cochise County, then that would actually flip two congressional races from Republicans to Democrats because Cochise is heavily Republican. So... So what Katie Hobbs is proving to us is is that she's actually a hero, okay? She's not some self-serving politician. She genuinely cares about the voters in Cochise County. What a crock of shit, man. I mean, what a freaking joke. These people have a way of spinning anything to make themselves look good. But I, I just hope, I hope and I pray... That people aren't that retarded. That you can obviously see right through this. And, you know, I've been getting a lot of flack for using the word retard lately. And uh, I got to say, I I, I actually can't think of a better word to describe Katie Hobbs and people like Mark Burnovich and Stephen Richer. Calling these people stupid and calling these people dumb, it just doesn't have the right zing to it, you know? It just doesn't... I don't feel satisfied when I call him dumb. Ooh, Burnovich is an idiot. No, he's a retard. I'm sorry. I, and, and, and by the way, nobody in this day and age, you know, nobody associates that word with people that are cognitively disabled anymore. I mean, that's, that's a thing of the past. I'm not referring to people that have disabilities and stuff. I'm talking about Mark Burnovich. I'm talking about Stephen Chucky Richer, the redheaded freak. Now, I know I have a red beard, but I, I come on. You, you can't put me in the same category as that guy. He's not... I, I, look, he's not even welcome in the, in, the, in the ginger club. We don't want his kind around here. I talked to the, the head of the ginger league. I, I talked to the, the corporate. And we all, we all unanimously agreed that that guy, he doesn't deserve to be anywhere near us, okay? So, anyways... Not to go on a tangent about the word retard. Emily C2 says, Can't Cochise County do a hand count right now to prove the machines were rigged? Here's what happened, Emily. And you're you're not going to believe... Well, you are going to believe this. But like I said, so they got this... Mark Elias sued Cochise County um, 
citing the 2019 elections procedure manual, which said that you can't you can't do a full hand count. You can only do. Here's exactly what it said. When it comes to early ballots, the 2019 election procedure manual says that by law you have to do a hand count of one percent of the early ballots, right? But you can you can count more if you want to. The judge said, despite that, um, you can't hand count all of them because they have to be selected at random. And you can't randomly select all of the ballots, so there would have to be some ballots excluded. So then Cochise was like, all right, all right, well, we're going to appeal this decision to the appellate court uh, because we think this is ridiculous. We think this is retarded. And the, the appellate court refused to hear the case before... They were supposed to certify. So they're like, all right, so we're stuck with this lower court's decision, and we have to go based off this judge's uh, decision, right? So they basically said, all right, all right, so we can't hand count all the ballots. So here's what we're going to do. We want the elections director to hand count 16 out of 17 vote centers. All right, we're leaving one out. So we're not trying to hand count all of them. We're leaving one of the vote centers out of the equation. So therefore, we can say we're randomly hand-selecting 16 vote centers, right? Well, guess what? The elections director decided to just blatantly ignore them and do a 1% hand count and call it a day. And they're like, what the hell? She's blatantly ignoring us. But the problem is... um, they could not get the the appellate court to expedite the case. So she was allowed to basically ignore them and they really didn't have any legal remedy or they could they were they weren't able to get a decision in time. Exactly. Emily C, that's retarded. Thank you. Thank you guys for for supporting my cause of bringing back the R word. <laughs> you know, I was talking to somebody. I was like, "Man, I, I used to call everything gay, and I, I have no problem with, with, with gay people. I have no problem with people and how, like adults, grown people, however you want to live your life. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. But I do like to call things gay. I miss it. I miss it. And they took that from us. Okay, because now it's offensive. And they took retarded from us, because now that's offensive. Everything's offensive these days. And I, I'm like, you know. I, 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 when did when did the people on the right become a bunch of snowflakes, man? Uh, trying to police my language. I thought that's what the other side did. You know, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to hurt anybody here. I'm just trying to. There's certain words that just have a certain zing to them. You know, and I like to cuss too. You know, people got somehow convinced me to stop cussing around here. Because when I first came out the gate making YouTube videos, I was cussing up a storm. Dropping f bombs and you know this, this, that, and the third. But then people were like, "Nick, your videos are educational, and I want to show them to my kids and my grandkids. And please clean up the language. I can't show this to my kids." I'm like, "All right, all right. Then I, 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 I guess that makes sense. I'm trying because I, I know they're, they're trying to indoctrinate the youth out there. They're trying to brainwash and tell these kids to chop off their balls, right? So I'm like, well, I guess." I guess if I clean up my language a little bit, maybe I'll have some influence on the youths. But but that you know, after a while I started to just feel like 
all this self-censorship, it's really getting it's really getting to my it, it's taking a piece of me. Cuss away, Nick. Susa Tevy said, "Oh, thank you, Susa Tevy. Thank you. You guys are my favorites." And you know, all the people in the chat are like my my diehard people. So if they're telling me I can drop an f bomb and say retarded and gay, then that's what we're doing. All right. I feel so liberated. I feel so free. There's certain things happening right now that are fucking retarded, okay? And if I can't say that, then I feel like a cuck. Man. So so now we're going to just turn into salty cracker around here. We're going to be cussing up a storm. Ah, I feel I'm back, baby. I'm back to my roots. I'm back. All right. Now, moving on. So, you see this smile on my face? A little piece of me just got re- re- revived and revitalized. Ah, feels good to be back. Don't say gay except in Florida. <laughs> Francine says, don't say gay except in... what? That's the one place you're not allowed, right? You're not allowed to say that. So anyways, I, I, let's get back to business because I'm going on a, a tangent here. So we talked about Cochise County, the likelihood that Katie Hobbs is going to get this injunction is pretty damn high. I'm not going to lie to you. So that's there. there's only two counties here on the table that have decided not to certify the election by the deadline. One being Cochise, the other being Luzerne County, Pennsylvania. Now, Pennsylvania had massive issues. There was massive issues. Uh, Luzerne County in particular ran out of ballots, like within 30 minutes of the election completely ran out of ballots. And guess what? It just so happened to affect predominantly, excuse me, predominantly Republican precincts. Wow, get out of town. I couldn't have guessed that one. You know, this whole thing about, like, like in Arizona, Bill, Ga- Bill Gay-Ass Gates, he came out and he said, well, we took a look at the, uh, we took a look and there was rumors going around that only Republican vote centers were were affected by the the machines not working, and we took a look, and it actually happened all across the valley. And uh, bro, you're completely ignoring the fact that Republicans show up on election day, and Democrats vote by mail. So I don't care whether it's a predominantly Democrat vote center or a predominantly Republican vote center. It's the method by which people vote that that matters. If there was a big discrepancy where uh, somehow the, the freaking machines weren't processing mail-in ballots, then I would say this affects Democrats, right? You, you, you can't, you can't, these, these people, they love to deflect, um, from the real issues here. Clearly, everything that happened on election day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just read Emily C's comment. She said, I hit I hit like twice like a retard. You're not retarded, Emily. You you are exempt from that title. I hereby declare you a non retard. Steven Richer, uh Burno Bitch. Mm. Now, that guy's retarded. Now, so Luzerne County had major issues on Election Day. They ran out of paper ballots. Big, big, massive calamity on Election Day, right? And so they said, 
well, we can't certify this election. And what they had was, uh, I th- what was it, two Republicans and two Democrats uh, and somebody abstained, right? They, they were deadlocked. I think there's three Democrats and two Republicans, and the two Republicans said no to certification. The two th- there was two Democrats that t- that said yes, and then one Democrat abstained, right? So wow, that's great news for Luzerne County. But get this: here's the big black pill, and and guys, I'm full of black pills today. You're not going to believe how many black pills I got prepared for you guys. Just stay tuned. So check this out. Two Democrat members of of the Luzerne County Board of Elections and voter registration voted to certify. Both Republicans voted no. And the fifth member, Democrat Daniel Schramm, abstained. Schramm said in in a phone interview several hours later that after the meeting, he received assurances that few, if any, voters were unable to cast ballots and that all provisional ballots had been counted. He said he planned to vote in favor of certifying the results at a board meeting set for Wednesday. He said, quote, I wanted the research to see exactly how many people were just not allowed to vote, and I couldn't find any. Great. Great. So, uh, Luzerne, they're out. Luzerne, they just cucked themselves out. The, the, the one Democrat in the world, the one Democrat in the world that actually had some integrity for like two seconds decided he's also going to be a cuck. He's also going to be a criminal. I mean, think about how retarded this is. The dude said, <laughs> look, you. H- how many days ago was the election? It was 20 days ago, okay? And <laughs> so he said, I wanted to know how many voters were unable to cast ballots, right? Meaning, at the time of this meeting, he was under the impression that a lot of voters were unable to cast ballots on election day. And he had 20 days to research, 20 days. So after 20 days, he was still under the impression that there were problems. Then he, he, he goes on the public stage and says, I'm not going to certify. Then a couple hours later, he changes his mind. He got a couple of phone calls of people assuring him that nobody was denied the right to vote. And then he said, okay, well, then I guess I'll certify. Bitch, you didn't even research anything. Did you, did you even go and, and ensure that what the people told you over the phone was correct? Did you authenticate what you were told? over? No, and I know you didn't because there wasn't enough time to do that. So this guy's a, a fucking cuck, okay? <clears throat> Man, it feels so good. It feels so good to be back. <sighs> All right? That's bullshit. What, what this guy's saying is total bullshit. Basically, I would imagine he got threatened, (laughs) he got bribed, something. I mean, you don't change your mind. You had 20 days to make a decision. 20 days. And then, when you make your decision to abstain, a couple hours later you change your mind. That makes no sense. You can't tell me this man didn't get threatened, coerced, or, or bribed. Just doesn't make any sense. These people, they can't, they can't afford all the backlash that comes from withholding certification because now you're you're showing the world that people in positions of power actually don't trust the re- election results either you know and and now uh, see they don't want to go through what Katie Hobbs is going through 
they don't want a situation where the Secretary of State uh, ran the most botched election in American history, oversaw the election, right, that she's a candidate in, and then has to force counties, force their hand to certify that election. Luzerne, Pennsylvania, they don't want to have to do that. So instead, they got this little wishy-washy Democrat with one foot, you know, one foot in and one foot out, doing the hokey pokey and turning himself about. And they got him to be a cuck. And that was that was a lot easier than taking this to court. So <clears throat> CanCon says, that's my favorite word to call people in online games cuck. LOL. Yeah, that's a that's a great word, man. A great word. Because you guys know what cuck means, right? A, a cuck is like somebody who maybe I shouldn't get into that. But basically, it's somebody who lets somebody sleep with their wife in front of them. You know, and and, and that's that's a pretty degrading thing to call somebody. And it, it feels really good, right? It's a great word uh, to, to accurately describe these people that have no balls, you know? Um... AF Cop twenty, or, sorry, AF Cop two thousand three. Nick, can you please explain why many of our diehard patriots conceded so quickly and easily? We know there was corruption, and they just bowed out without a fight. I.e., the Michigan top three. You know, I can't really say for sure without talking to these people. I still haven't had a chance to talk to Matt DiPerno, uh, but I do believe that he said publicly that he was tired. Which, I mean, I, I bet he is freaking tired. I bet he is tired. The man's been fighting for like two years, but I still I still was dis- disappointed. Um, Doug Mastriano. Now, I got to say, Leah Hoops, Leah Hoops, who brought that mother of all lawsuits to uh, Delaware County, Pennsylvania, has been fight. She actually testified at the, at the Gettysburg hearing. Gregory Stenstrom is like her partner partner in... I don't want to say crime, but partner in accountability, okay? She's been a fighter, a warrior. And I heard rumblings since before the midterms that she was not happy with with Doug Mastriano for many reasons and didn't think that he was this warrior that he, you know, portrayed himself to be. And I, I really didn't want to give that too much attention before the election because he was the Republican nominee for governor. So I would I didn't want to say anything to p- potentially like paint him in a bad light before an election cuz I think that's kind of dumb. Um like even Dr. Oz, I was like, "Yeah, let's vote for Dr. Oz, baby, cuz he's freaking better than John Fetterman." So I I was withholding all criticism of any Republican as we were leading up to the election. Once they won their primaries, it made no sense to talk crap about any people on our side. We we just needed to get them over the finish line. But I had heard, you know, quite a few uh, reasons why Leah Hoops wasn't a big fan of him. And, you know, after he conceded, I had, she was on my show, and she basically talked about um, how she wanted him to join them in their lawsuit and basically put a bunch of evidence right in his lap, and he conceded the same day. So that was extremely disappointing. Now, I don't know what goes through the head of Doug Mastriano. I haven't talked to the guy. But, you know, you had Lee Zeldin. You had Dr. Oz. You had, um, who else conceded? There was people in Arizona that conceded. Didn't Abraham, no, no, no. 
Blake Masters in Arizona. You had all these Republicans just concede their election. And I would imagine part of that is because of cowardice. Part of that is because of fatigue. People don't want to have to go through being labeled an election-denying conspiracy theorist, January 6th insurrectionist, uh, bigot, homophobe, blah, 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 destroying our democracy, blah, blah. I mean, that's a pretty tall order. But if you're going to run for office and you know the political climate and you know elections are rigged, particularly Doug Mastriano knows damn well elections are rigged because he sat there at the Gettysburg hearing and heard the testimony of all the people that were poll workers and poll observers that were boxed out of uh, observing what was happening with pizza boxes on the window, the the ballot dumps, the uh, Gregory Stenstrom saw people walking around putting USB drives into Dominion machines and all this stuff. Like, Doug Mastriano was sitting there with Rudy Giuliani hearing all this stuff. So he knew. It's not like he doesn't know that there's fraud. Um, But I don't know. Maybe these people just didn't want to fight. Maybe they just didn't have it in them. Maybe they... I mean, Doug Mastriano lost by a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. What The, the numbers that were reported, he got like 30% of the vote. And maybe he was like, maybe I genuinely lost. You know, maybe, maybe maybe he was like, yeah, I know there's fraud, but I think maybe I genuinely lost. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a great question, but I don't have the answer. All I can do is speculate. Um, but it, yeah, it was really disappointing. So anyway, okay, so we talked about the fact that Luzerne, Pennsylvania, they withheld certification. However... The dude changed his mind the next, uh, like within hours, and says he's going to certify tomorrow, um, which is crazy. Which is crazy because the district attorney in Luzerne, Pennsylvania, is still investigating what happened, whether it was intentional, whether it was negligence. There's still not been a conclusion there, so there were thousands of disenfranchised voters, literally unable to cast a ballot. There's an ongoing investigation, and you. You're going to certify the election. It doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor and smash that rumble button. Really would appreciate if you guys would smash the rumble button. And please consider sharing this broadcast. Because I'm really trying. My main goal right now is to just build this channel. To 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 have the platform that we once did when we were on YouTube. When we had like 55,000 subscribers monthly viewership in the millions, and we were able to have people, grassroots patriots that were fighting election fraud, on the show and give them an audience of, you know, 100,000 people. And I don't know if you guys remember, man, but back in the day, we were a force to be reckoned with. That's why they had to deal with us. You had that Media Matters hit piece that got us all taken off the air. And, you know, it's it's been a year trying to rebuild this bad boy. And nobody... But outside of CanCon, Behizzi, Neil Johnson, Marcus D, the, the you know, and a few others, a few others, I, I you know it's a long list, but there's there's not too many people covering this stuff in the way that we do, you know. So if you could just do me a little favor and smash the rumble button and share this, tell a friend, boy, would that just mean a lot to me? Okay. So, uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about something else. So, Carrie Lake announced last night 
excuse me, that she's putting together a mother of all lawsuits and that she's purposefully, strategically waiting to file it because uh, according to Arizona law, you have to wait for the election to be certified before the election can act, I mean, before the case can actually move forward. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? I've, I've actually heard that twice. But apparently, you have to wait for an election to be illegally certified before you can file this type of case. And I don't get that, but at least, because I was starting to wonder, I'm like, what is Carrie Lake's plan here? What exactly is she doing? Because uh, here they are about to certify the election, and the only thing that she's done so far is sue for the production of records that she needs for her case. And I'm like, well, good luck with that one. I mean, are, are we really relying on the Board of Supervisors to comply for us to file the case? But I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm actually relieved to find out that she's doing this strategically. She's been holding off because she needs them to certify the election first. So, uh, yes. Do I think, though, and here's another black pill for you. Do I think that Carrie Lake is going to win in court with a new election or uh, to to reverse the certification? I don't know what she's going for. With the re- I don't know what relief she's seeking. I assume that she'll either want the votes that were disenfranchised to count and eliminate the, the votes that were cast illegally. Uh, perhaps she wants a new election. Perhaps she wants the certification to be re- reversed. I'm not sure. We'll have to see the case first, but... I found something very interesting, which I want to share with you guys, and I, I, I really want to raise this as a concern, because I'm hoping that this gets out there, and, and Carrie Lake and her war room and her attorneys can take a look at this and make sure that they address this in their, in their case, because if not, then I think that the, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors are going to try to make a a legal argument which could cause her case to fail. And so let me me explain. You guys saw the Assistant Attorney General uh, Jennifer Wright submitted a demand for answers to Maricopa County on the 19th. Well, they responded to that. And in their response, it was pretty much indicative of of the type of legal defense that they're going to use when they inevitably get sued by Carrie Lake. Does that make sense? Like Attorney General, Assistant Attorney General Jennifer Wright demanded a bunch of answers. The the county responded. And if you look at that letter, I guarantee you that's very indicative of what they're going to try to say in court against Carrie Lake, against her arguments. Make sense? So Jennifer Wright, she cited the Arizona Constitution, federal and state law, that basically said you're supposed to run an election which is free and uniform for all. And the fact that you had a bunch of machines go down proves that the election wasn't free and fair for all. It wasn't uniform, right? Because some people walked into a vote center, casted their ballot, bada boom, bada bing, and other people went in. And they had to feed their ballot through 15 times. It still didn't work. So then they had to go to another vote center and blah, 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 blah. So basically, um, the, the, the county responded and they said, they cited a previous case 
which was Aguilera versus Fontes. And so after the 2020 election, there was a case filed on November 4th, 2020, the, the day after. And Aguilera was a voter. And she said that her, he, she and her husband went to cast their ballots and the ballots were, uh, I guess it, it, it didn't appear that the machine processed their ballot. So then they said, okay, well, you can cast another one. You can spoil your ballot or cancel it or whatever and cast another one. And so she was like, okay. And then they, they came back and said, actually, your ballot's already been counted. So you can't cast another one. She was like, wait a second. I don't think that my ballot has been counted. And then she looked it up in the database later on, and it said that she hadn't voted. So she sued, right? And hold on. And so there was a case that was brought, and it was based on the fact that the machines didn't work properly on election day. Wait a second. Where is it? I think this is it. No, that's not it. That's Carrie Lake's case. There it is. There it is. Okay. So she brought a case basically saying that the uh, machines didn't work on election day and therefore she was disenfranchised or, you know, her vote was suppressed. And here's what the judge said. The court finds the law cannot provide, nor does it guarantee perfection. This court could not locate the word perfect or a derivative thereof in the Arizona Secretary of State's 2019 Elections Procedures Manual. Likewise, the court is not aware of, and no party has brought to the court's attention, any Arizona elections or voting statute containing the word perfect or a variation hereof. So like I said, Maricopa County actually cited this court case in their response letter to the Assistant Attorney General. And they said, despite the fact that machines were not working on election day, the court determined in Aguilera versus Fontes that elections don't have to be perfect. Even if tabulators aren't working, there's no, like if, if even if the election's not perfect, that doesn't invalidate the election results, right? So uh, the reason I think this is important is because these bastards... These bastards are most likely going to respond to Carrie Lake's lawsuit and cite this case as precedent and say, look, this has already been dealt with in the courts when machines don't work. Here's what the court said. They said the election doesn't have to be perfect. Even if machines are down and, and people can't cast ballots and, you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because there's nowhere in the elections procedure manual or Arizona statute that says that elections have to be perfect. You know, I'm, 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 I'm almost guaranteeing you that they will cite this case in their response to Carrie Lake. And the judge is going to look at it. And I'm telling you, we know Arizona courts are corrupt. And, and whenever they can find court precedent as a reason to toss a case, they find it, baby. And so I think that uh, this is a problem. I think that Carrie Lake's attorneys need to look at this and figure out how they're going to get around this. Because if we're going to court saying machines weren't working, uh, people were disenfranchised, here's what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, see, the problem with your argument is you're suggesting that we disenfranchise or denied the right for people to vote. And we didn't because we gave them legal options to vote. We said either you can wait in line for the machines to start working again, the printers, 
Or you can uh, drop your ballot in, in, in door three, and it'll be counted later. Or you can check out of this vote center and go to another one. So everybody had the right to vote. Nobody was denied a right to vote. And so therefore, our election was free and fair, and everybody had an equal opportunity, and nobody was disenfranchised or suppressed. That's what they said in their letter, so I know that they're going to say that. And this is, this is also a problem, that in this case, Aguilera versus Fontes, basically they said, um, let me just read what the court finds, my highlighted portions. The court further finds no evidence established that machines are infallible or perfectly accurate. In fact, plaintiffs' assertions in this respect are starkly disproven by the very events that bring plaintiffs plaintiffs to this court. Plaintiff claims that the ballots they completed and cast could not be read by the tabulator machines into which plaintiffs inserted their completed ballots. Either plaintiffs marked or handled their ballots in a manner that caused the tabulators to not be able to read them or the tabulators experienced some problem that interfered with the machine's ability to do so. It is, after all, the fallible and imperfect humans who complete ballots providing opportunity for the voter him or herself to cause inadvertently the very situation that prevents the ballot from being readable by the machine. Similarly, it is not, gar- uh, similarly, it is not genuinely debatable that machines at times can and do malfunction, break down, and experience problems operating as designed and expected. In some, plaintiffs' underlying explicitly asserted premise that voting machines are or are required by law to be always perfectly accurate is simply not credible, reasonable, or provable. So in this instance, <laughs> TZ Burton says, what if the voter is black? Well, then, in that case, then we have to completely... Uh, invalidate the election results, run a new election, you know, until the, basically, until the Democrat wins. But since we're talking about Republicans, predominantly white folk, uh, this is, you know, it's a completely different ballgame. You, you, you can't claim voter disenfranchisement. That's just white privilege. So anyways, what's important here? And I hope that Carrie Lake looks at this in anticipation that they're going to use this against her And I hope that she looks at this part right here. That basically in this case, what the judge said is the reason the ballot wouldn't read, uh, the the tabulator wouldn't read your ballot is because of the way you filled it out. Either you had like an overvote or an undervote or you didn't properly fill out the, the bubbles or whatever. So it spit your ballot back out. So that's your fault, not the machine. In this case, in the 2022 election, this is not the problem at all. It's not the voter's fault that the machines weren't working. So that's partly a leg to stand on for Carrie Lake. You see what I mean? But at the same time, he concludes that statement by saying, regardless, machines aren't required by law to be perfect. So you can't win. I mean, basically, you, you can't win against this argument. He's like, even if it was, if it, either it was your fault and, you know, you have no legal merit here or the machine broke and that's not a problem either because machines don't have to be perfect so case dismissed right i mean this this is this is retarded this is a big problem for carrie lake um here's what i think here's what i think i think that carrie lake 
really needs those documents from Maricopa County. Because basically she's announcing this mother of all lawsuits. Um, she's saying that we need documents uh, from, we need records from Maricopa County before we can file it. And she put in an injunction with the courts to force them to produce the records that they're refusing to produce. So here we have a situation where, once again, Maricopa County is refusing to turn over records. And I think I know why. And the reason is simple. And it's because those are the documents and records that would prove that Maricopa County did this on purpose. You know? That, uh, that there was there was gross negligence... Uh, gross negligence or malfeasance in this election. So she needs these documents. And specifically what she needs is the the documents um, that were requested by the attorney general, the the logs of, of how many how many votes were cast versus how many voters checked in. That's one of the things they refused to turn over to her. Um well, she needs a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that they, they requested that Maricopa County has refused to turn over, right? And obviously it's because that's what would prove that they're a bunch of criminals. They're a bunch of crooks, right? I think that Carrie Lake needs to show that Maricopa County machine errors were intentional. And like, Ann, um, not Ann Edwards, Jennifer Wright, tried to get th this stuff from Maricopa County in her original letter. She said, <clears throat> Jennifer Wright basically said, I want to know what happened to these printers. I want to know when you identified what happened. Exactly when. Tell me when you found out the problem. You identified it. You, you figured out the root cause, what was wrong with them. Was it, was it 10 a.m.? Was it 12 p.m.? Was it 1 p.m.? I want to know exactly when you identified the problem. And... I want to know the name of the technician or technicians that you sent out to fix the problem. I want to know whether it was done by a team or whether it was done by one network administrator remotely. I want to know their identities. Uh, I want to know all this stuff. I want to know every change that was made to these uh, printers. And I want to know like what time it was fixed and all that stuff. Jennifer Wright wanted all this. And obviously, because, see, see, the day before the election, November 7th, they actually tested these printers, and they were working just fine. Then we get to the election day, and within 30 minutes, they don't work. So something changed. I mean, you must have changed the configuration settings, right? Otherwise, why'd they work yesterday, but today they don't? Now, I see somebody in the chat brought something up. Where's the comment? Somebody brought the... Oh, there it is. Noel27. And this is what I, I... I don't know why more people aren't talking about this. But let's think about it. The day before the election, the ballots are running just fine. The, 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 the printers are working just fine. Then we get to election day, and they're not working. Um... There's this there's this notion going around that it's not because the printers were not calibrated right like they try to tell us that the printers were not printing um dark enough so the machines couldn't read the ballots right but there's this notion going around which Noel 27 points out 
that the reason that they were being rejected is because the ballots weren't the right size. Apparently, they used 19-inch ballots instead of 20-inch ballots, knowing that it wouldn't work because the, the trays that take the ballots, they're configured a, a specific size for specific size paper. And I think you have it backwards. I think that they use 20-inch paper instead of 19. I could be wrong. But in that case, uh, that would explain a lot. That would explain a lot. And it's a very easy way to screw up an election entirely as well as uh, have, you know, plausible deniability. Like, oh, it was an accident. We didn't know. Oh, we didn't know that the machine, that that the paper was an inch off. Whoopsie. Now, the problem is, I don't know where that's coming from. Noel, could you tell me where where that's coming from? Because uh, I heard that from Dan Sundin, who is like, the dude, the dude knows his stuff, okay? And he ain't afraid to tell you. And, 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 and he'll write a dissertation all about it. The man knows his stuff. And that's what he said. I saw that he, but I didn't know where he, where he, where did he get that from? Does anybody know? Because I sure don't. But, I mean, regardless, regardless of what happened, it was clearly intentional, man. You, you can't tell me that that wasn't done on purpose. They knew exactly the votes that they needed to suppress. Okay? They, they had an election coming up. They knew that all the Republicans voting for Kerry Lake were going to vote on election day. And it just so happens that all the machines broke. 50% of the machines broke down on election day, which caused massively long lines. People had to leave. They couldn't vote. Uh, like... That, that shit doesn't happen on accident. You had two years to prepare. Two years. And you knew the fact that, you know, Katie Hobbs was overseeing this election. Maricopa in the last election cycle was the most scrutinized election ever. You knew all eyes were going to be on Maricopa County. You knew all these people were going to scrutinize it heavily. And, and you gave us, you gave us a freaking, like... It wasn't even like it wasn't even like ballot dumps coming in three in the morning. It wasn't even machines flipping votes. You just completely in everybody's face in broad daylight, mind you, in broad daylight, rigged up the machines so that they break on election day. I mean, I, I mean, they don't. That just goes to show you they don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't care that they got caught. They don't care because this one. This one's actually easier for them because there's a lot of plausible deniability here. Oh, machines are, uh, you know, the, the machines, t- 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 the machines break down sometimes, and that's just outside of our control. We didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I mean, or it was one technician, network administrator, and it was his problem. He wasn't properly trained. <laughs> I mean, he's a new guy on the scene, and uh, it was his first election. Whoopsie daisy. I mean, it was it was it was an accident. It was a it was a, an accidental boo boo. So, you know, I mean, it's just crazy, man. <sighs> Noel says uh, it's no coincidence that it happened only on election day. Had to be on purpose. That doesn't happen in half the vote centers by accident. It just doesn't. 
So we can't cure retarded. Maybe it's just time to penalize it. Larry, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You made me say that out loud. I was reading a comment. No, I don't want to penalize. <laughs> I, let's just move on. Um, Abraham Hamaday also filed a lawsuit in similar fashion. Uh, he filed a lawsuit, which I read the whole thing, and it was it was pretty damn good, pretty rock solid. Basically saying that, you know, these people that went to a second vote center and they were told they already voted, uh, their, their provisional ballots weren't counted, and he wants them to be counted. He also said that the the early ballots, see, there was a lot of early ballots in Maricopa County that were, that, that had signature affidavits that didn't match their registration records. So what they do is they look at the ballot affidavit. They compare that to the registration signature, and if the two don't match, then they're like, all right, well, we have to cure this ballot. We have to cure it. But what they did was something illegal to make sure that these ballots count. Instead of going off those uh, signatures, what they did was they pulled other records, like deed signatures and I think DMV records or something. What they did was they, they, they found another signature from another set of records, and they said, well, this one looks like a match. Okay, we're going to count this ballot. And Abraham Hamaday says that's illegal. It's Arizona statute. You can't do that. So none of these ballots should have been counted. And he wants those eliminated, and he wants, um, you know, there there was ballots commingled in, in door three with already tabulated ballots, and he wants all this stuff dealt with. Okay? Now, the problem, the problem with Abraham Hamaday's lawsuit is, and this was pointed out to me uh, in my live stream chat, Gail Golick said, the problem here is that the RNC is a party to this lawsuit. And the RNC has no standing. Like, why is the RNC even a, a plaintiff? And also, Corey Langhofer, Karen Fan's attorney, is the one representing him. And we know that that's the guy that tried to suppress some of the biggest findings from the audit. Corey Langhofer is a saboteur. And so if his name's on it, and I don't know how I didn't catch that, man. I I was up till 3 a.m. reading this lawsuit, and I didn't, somehow it just got by me that Corey Langhofer is representing Abraham Hamaday. Right? I mean, I just, uh, I I, I did a whole video on it. I read the, the whole damn lawsuit, but, you know, these things didn't stick out to me, I guess. Uh, also, apparently, like Carrie Lake said, the statute which says that you have to wait until the election's already called or certified, uh, he didn't ad- adhere to that. He filed it prematurely. So that lawsuit, even though the the actual merits of it are rock solid, it has a few things that are not going well for it. And also, right now, it's sitting... It's sitting in a uh, Democrat judge's docket. He's, you know, there's a Democrat appointed judge waiting, you know, to decide whether or not it can go forward. And I think I have an idea of whether it can or it can't. I, I, I think I think it can't. I don't think it can. Right? You know. Ah. Uh. One more thing I want to cover. One more black pill for you guys. So, <sighs> there's a lot of people sending me this thing. 
the Supreme Court is going to hear this case, um, Brunson versus Adams. And I don't I don't think I don't think that they will. I'm just gonna say I don't think that they will because I you know, there's actually somebody very, very, very intelligent, a legal scholar who said and, and it's not like I know I know what you're thinking. Ah, you can't trust these attorneys. But this guy's actually on our side. And he said it's a great read. Um it, it's not that he's wrong. But the problem is he's asking for relief, which the court can't grant whatsoever. He's he's basically filing a civil suit and asking elected officials to be liable for criminal treason, which just doesn't that that's not a thing in a civil suit. If it was a RICO case, this this would be different. But he's filed a civil suit and the relief that he's seeking is for these elected officials to be punished for crimes of treason. You know? So people keep sending me this, and, and it's also not necessarily true that they're going to hear this case. Like, you know, people have said that. Um, and I, I think I, I think the problem is, basically, SCOTUS waived their... Um, their waive their right to respond or something like that. Let me just read what he said. I don't want to give his identity because, you know, I don't have his permission to do that. But he's this is something that's been covered publicly, so I think I'm okay here. Uh, the filing is a petition for writ of certiorari. That means the petitioner Brunson is asking the court to take his case. There is no automatic right to have SCOTUS hear any case they can deny a grant of cert on any appeal. And this case is an appeal from a loss at the 10th Circuit. SCOTUS decides on granting or denying cert to new cases at a conference involving all nine judges. And those conferences are scheduled each month. Four of nine justices must agree for the case to be heard before cert is granted. That is all. In Brunson's case, he is pro se, meaning that he is representing himself. The gentleman is not without some acumen, that is apparent in how well he followed the fairly complex SCOTUS rules on how to format his petition. Um, because I guess it's really, really hard, really hard to file with SCOTUS because there's so many criteria that must be adhered to to a T, like font and page numbering and all this stuff. So he got all that right. The substance of his lawsuit, though, what is known as claims for relief, do not exist. Essentially, he is asking the court to hold parties civilly liable for committing treason by the election fraud. He isn't wrong that it occurred and stated his points eloquently. However, he strung together unrelated legal maxims and dicta from case law, none of which constitutes any binding precedent that would compel relief. The U.S. Solicitor General opposing this case waived the right to, to file anything in opposition to the petition, and that is because the case is plainly defective in that sense. He doesn't need to file anything, and the court actually appreciates not being cluttered with unnecessary filings. The Solicitor General is just stepping out of the way so SCOTUS can get rid of it promptly. I agree with uh, Brunson's sentiment and the points raised in this argument. It just doesn't fit into any legal theory that the court would recognize grant a hearing on the merits and potentially issue a decision in his favor. 
His facts are right, and he did a good job. There's just no legal basis for the courts to do what he is asking them to do. Yes, it sucks. I'd love to see him win. The truly sad part to me is that everyone is breathlessly holding on to another shiny object, setting themselves up for another disappointment in a long string of disappointments. So basically, this whole thing about the Solicitor General waiving his right to respond, that doesn't really... All, all that, that doesn't mean that the case is going forward. What it means, according to this gentleman, is that he's saving SCOTUS time from having to read another filing. And it's more of a, I guess, a, courtesy, a courteous thing because this case, the relief that he's seeking has no basis in any legal sense. Okay, so... I, I just wanted to read that to you guys because I keep getting sent that. I'm I'm just look. SCOTUS said that the freaking president of the United States doesn't have standing. SCOTUS does not. It, I, I'm not waiting on SCOTUS to freaking deal with the, the the rigged election. Why would I be? Any good news, Nick? LOL. Look, I'm all I'm all for good news, but only when there's actually good news. I don't know what, like, what is, what is, you know, there is good news going on. There's obviously a great awakening unfolding. Elon Musk, he's doing a lot of great things. I mean, I'm, I'm still on the fence about him as a whole, but right now the dude is getting rid of Antifa accounts, exposing pedophilia, uh, the enabling of Twitter, enabling pedophilia, child pornography on their site. Uh, he's, he's restoring accounts back to the public town square so we can have civil discord he, he re, reinstored reinstated donald trump's account which is a big freaking deal um there's there's good stuff going on over there which we could talk about but right now the election fraud fight is an uphill battle baby okay and i'm look i'm like how could i how, how could i explain this i'm not somebody who needs to be like have a pep talk every every 30 seconds to keep me motivated to keep going. I don't really need all that stuff. If the news is negative, that's what I'm going to talk about. If the news is positive, that's what I'm going to talk about. If people are spinning a bunch of false hope, then I feel like I'm saving people from a from a disappointment later on, which then they're going to say, "Oh, everything's hopeless and I just want to give up." How many times do people need to be brought up to uh, up in the clouds with hopium? Their bubble gets bursted, they fall down, and they say, I just can't take this anymore. That pisses me off. Like, I don't want people to get built up to another hopium bubble and then get disappointed. So, whenever I see something like that, I try to do my best to, you know, show you guys that this is all built built up like Swiss cheese. I mean, it's a house of cards. It doesn't really... You know, and I don't want you guys to get disappointed. I'm trying to save you guys some trouble. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to do my best to tell you guys what's going on. Gee whiz. Any good news? Yeah, there's good news. There's good news, man. Um, it, it, There's a lot of stuff going on where, look, people have legitimate grievances, legitimate evidence... But I'm at the point where I've seen the courts fail so many different times. I, I watched the Georgia 
uh, Garland Favorito voter GA's case go all the way like six months and then get dropped without a hearing for lack of standing. Despite all the evidence that was shown that they were entitled to an audit because the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's audit had been completely fabricated and they proved that in court to the judge. But the judge said you lack standing after six months. In Michigan, they were fighting for an audit there. They said that they're, they're, uh, they, it was Bill Bailey's constitutional right. But the Judge Elsenheimer said, well, here's the problem with that. The Secretary of State's already done an audit, and that's all the relief I can give you. Too bad, so sad, case dismissed. I mean, how many of these cases have been dismissed on the merits? None. They've all been dismissed for lack of standing. They've all been dismissed um, because you failed to articulate particular injury. I know you're a voter. I know that the election was rigged against you, but but the problem is you're not the injured party here. Okay, so then a candidate goes and files a lawsuit. Eh, sorry, you're not the injured party here either. Well, who the hell is the injured party? Is anyone the injured party? I guess basically... What they here's what would have to happen for you to be the injured party. You have to be someone who goes to cast a ballot in an election, and you know you 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 fill out your ballot, and then you you take it to be ran through the machine. And instead, what they do is they take a lighter out of their pocket and they set it on fire in front of you. And you have to record that. You have to record that, and then you can say I'm the injured party because my specific vote was actually not counted they denied my right to vote i'm the injured party here because what happens is when say carrie lake goes to file a lawsuit and says that there was voter disenfranchisement and these people's votes weren't counted they'll say but your vote was counted so you're not the injured party here one of those people has to be the one to bring the case because you can't file this on their behalf that's basically what the court keeps telling us is that you're not the injured party. And so when a guy brings a case to SCOTUS saying that you failed to do your duty and investigate, you know, during the 10 day period election fraud, and therefore you're guilty of crimes of, of treason in a civil case to the Supreme court, that's already proven itself to be corrupt beyond measure. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and hold my breath. I'm going to hope for the best, but I'm also going to be realistic with myself and say, I don't know that there's, I don't think that there's, I, I just, I just, I don't, I just don't, I don't see it. I'm sorry. <sighs> sorry, man. Sorry, man. <sighs> but here's the, here, look, and people are like, well, let's quit talking about it. You know there was there was people, Joe Oltman, Professor Clements, there was there was a, an an organization that you know brought a protest to Arizona, and a lot of people like people in Arizona, a twenty minute drive, wouldn't wouldn't show up to it. I mean, <laughs> maybe look. Sometimes I wonder, maybe Trump was right when he said, "I guess things got to get worse before they can get better." You know. Damn, that's look. All right, now, now that's that's not very. 
Look, but I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You look like the the freaking fraud apparatus in Michigan. They just passed a constitutional amendment to basically make election fraud a constitutional amendment. Pennsylvania has Act 77. Uh, Georgia has Brad Raffensperger and Brian Kemp. Wisconsin has a, a Democrat governor, attorney general, and secretary of state. And Arizona's election is rigged, and their courts have proven to us that they won't hear a case on the merits when an election is rigged. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just processing all of this. Processing. You have to articulate the problem and process it before you can come up with a solution. Because if you're gonna, if we're gonna come up with solutions, but blatantly ignore the elephants in the room and say, "Well, this is gonna work," and then you're like, "But." Yeah, this is this is gonna work. So let's try this. But it's like, wait a second. I'm over here saying, but, but but we tried that. We tried that like 50 times. And at a certain point, that's a waste of energy over here. Okay, so what about this? Let's do this. All right, but we tried that 75 times, and that's a waste of energy. That's all I'm trying to say. And then we, you know, so once we rule a certain thing out, once we rule a couple things out, then we know where to put our focus and our energy. What gets results? You know, one of the things I've been thinking about here, I want to run this by you guys and tell me what you think. One of the things I've been thinking about here, okay, and first, I want you to smash like on this video because for one, it it really helps me and my um, deep-seated insecurity about the number of likes versus the number of people watching, and it also helps this channel to grow. And it would mean a lot for you to just click a, a, a you know click a little button, okay? If you could just do that for me, please. Also consider going to nickmoseeder.locals.com where you get an extra video every week and support this channel. Um, and with that out of the way, let's get back to what I think is is something partially a solution that I think we, we need to talk about. So I had something occur to me. I had something dawn on me. That, you know, we had this new election fraud apparatus in 2020, right? We had this election fraud apparatus sprung up because of COVID and elections were fundamentally changed for ever, right? Because now we have this new system of mass scale mail-in voting, no excuse absentee voting. Um, But what I realized is, okay, it's not like elections weren't rigged before that, right? I mean, do we really think that elections were free and fair before 2020? Because I'm pretty sure they rigged elections in 2018. Um, and, And the other thing is this. The other thing is this. I, I had a, I had it dawn on me. Okay. We're sitting here trying to get rid of the dominion machines. We're trying to get rid of the mail-in voting we're trying to get rid of these pieces of the puzzle which allow them to rig elections. But what I realized, if they're not going to allow us to do that, if they're, if they're going to continue to obstruct us and our ability to, to get, dismantle this apparatus, then what I, what I realized is, okay, so what's at the core of this? What's at the root of this? And it's these big, gigantic corporations and powerhouse uh, p- 
people like George Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, George Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, BlackRock, Vanguard, and all the all these all these massive investment firms in the World Economic Forum, these 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 billionaires, right? And here we sit, like Mark Zuckerberg, almost single-handedly rigged the election by dumping three hundred fifty million dollars into the election to put drop boxes in key locations and stuff like that. And yet here we sit and fight to try to get rid of the drop boxes and get rid of the the the, the fraud system when in fact we should be pulling the plug from these gigantic corporate billionaires and all the money that they have when we can't get our elected officials to act in accordance with what their constituents demand well we have to ask ourselves who's controlling them who's who are these people giving millions of dollars to super PACs to rig these elections and what we have to do is boycott the shit out of them boycott the ever-living shit out of all these people until they go broke that you know like the saying go woke get 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 broke right well you know i mean if these people they're able to control american politics because they have all this all this money and influence well we need to take that away from them does that make sense so at this point in time given the fact cuz this has always been a problem Big money has always controlled politics. And there's one thing that if, if we don't have the power to vote, if we don't have that power, then, then we have to realize that we do still have the power to vote with our dollar. Right? And, and I think that a lot of us, including myself, have known that, but have taken a lackadaisical approach to, you know, I'm, I'm, I, want the, I want the ease and comfort of ordering on Amazon. And it's showing up to my door two days later. I want to have the ease and comfort of going to, uh, you know, I don't know, Amazon, what's the other, Facebook. I want to stay in touch with my family and friends, and that's where all my photos are and stuff like that. It's really hard to turn away from these these massive companies. Because they provide services to our lives that make our lives easier. And a lot of us are struggling as it is, especially when they can offer lower prices than the freaking, you know, guy that you buy off locally. You know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. And we're, we're a, a spoiled, lazy society. And I'm talking about me, man. I'm talking about me. But if I want to really actually stick it to the man and they won't let me, if they won't let me, uh, vote him out of office, well, then I got to figure out who the fuck is is rigging the election with uh, super PAC money, you know, and who, who who are the people at the top pulling the strings? Because they're the real problem. And, and, and until we fix that, then nothing's going to change here politically because big money and these big influence people have always controlled politics. It's not a new thing, even before the Dominion machines, even before, because the, they can, even if they can't rig them into office, well, there's not too many people that can deny a freaking $20 million bribe for you to pass legislation in their favor. You know? I'm just saying. 
We also need, yes, civil disobedience. We need organized chaos. Civil disobedience, organized chaos. I mean, I'm, I'm not calling for violence here. I'm saying that, some, like, it works clearly to do what the Canadian truckers did. The problem is the tyrannical uh, administration basically signed some military, uh, like, martial law to send in the military and disperse them. But, I mean, these people, what they were doing was working. You started to see the different, what, I don't know what it's, what it's called in uh, Canada, but you saw different states basically lift the mandates miraculously after they, you know, shut everything down. And what they were doing was working. Like, like farmers and truck drivers have literally all the power. Because, I mean, if, if, if you can, if you can disrupt, disrupt their ability to conduct their business, well, I mean, they're going to have to answer to that. Now, we had like a trucker convoy go from, what was it, like California to, to D.C. and then circle around. and It just really wasn't the same as what happened in Canada. You know? But we need something like that. Now, isn't organized chaos is just what they want? We need law enforcement to support us. Where are the constitutional sheriffs? Great question, Amy girl, but what... We were told that there was a, a conglomerate of sheriffs ready to act after they, you know, steal this next election. And where are they at? It's been crickets. Where where are the sheriffs at? It, it's been freaking crickets. So, am I... And, and, and here's the problem. Sheriff Schmalling in Racine, Wisconsin, conducted an investigation... And he, he found that in nursing homes, they were exploiting people for their ballots, ballot harvesting people that were cognitively and physically disabled with dementia. And he took this evidence and he said, all right, time to hand this evidence over to a prosecutor. And the problem was the district attorney is a Democrat controlled by George Soros, right? So the thing with sheriffs is they can conduct investigations, they can apprehend, but they can't prosecute. And if you if you have district attorneys that are all bought off and attorney generals that are all bought off, then it, it isn't going to happen. Sheriffs can only investigate, they can they can apprehend, but they can't prosecute. And and we know that George Soros has bought off all the sheriffs in the places where the election fraud is rampant. These cities that they that they target, these major Democrat hubs, of course, all those sheriffs and the district attorneys are bought off. So law enforcement, if they were gonna do if they were gonna do their job, they would have done it by now. And the people that tried, they they found themselves with their asses against the wall from various obstacles, whether it be the district attorney. Um, we've seen investigations. We've seen people try to do something about the fraud, be, be, be treated as the criminals. Tina Peters, Sharona Bishop, uh, Matt DiPerno. These people that tried to, you know, try to hold these people accountable and, and, and show the fraud were treated as the criminals. 
um, True the Vote, with the FBI turning against them with the Konek thing. I mean, so are we going to... Are we going to wait for the three-letter agencies to do something about it? Are we going to wait for the district attorneys or the attorney generals? Are we going to wait for um, the courts? Because in my opinion at this point, we are basically waiting um, for for people that have already proven to us that they, 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 that, that, that they refuse to do the right thing. So at at a certain point, you got to be like, all right, we got to re-strategize. We got to. I'm actually for, believe it or not. I know this sounds makes me. Um, you guys probably think I sound like Tim Pool, which you won't catch me in a beanie. Okay, you won't you won't catch me in a beanie. But I I actually think that, th- that there's some legitimacy to this notion that if we're going to even attempt to vote in 2024, then we need to start ballot harvesting our asses off. Okay, and and obviously we should continue to fight for the changes that we need and that we, you know, continue to demand that our elections are counted on paper, that we get rid of drop boxes and, and mass scale mail-in voting. But if they're not going to do it and it doesn't happen by the time we get to 2024, then we need ballot harvesting organizations in the states where it's legal to do so. I mean, each state has different laws surrounding ballot harvesting, but some places... It's totally legal. You can go around to an apartment complex and, you know, grab each person's ballot. I think in, like, you know, the state of New York and, like, you can go door to door and get people's ballots and then go drop them off for them. You know? <laughs> Behizzy. Then they would actually start arresting people for ballot harvesting. And you, yeah, he might be right about that. But... Look, man, what are we gonna do? We're we gonna sit around. I, I don't want to get. I don't want to get into this place where we're like, oh man, oh man, it's hopeless. There's nothing left to do. Oh shucks, I just give up. I'm tired. I don't want to get. I'm not gonna get there. You guys can uh, look. You can listen to me, and I might sound like I'm demoralizing or whatever. But I'm on the inside. I don't feel like that at all. I just feel like I'm. I just feel like I'm acknowledging the 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 situation and. It helps me to process so we can formulate actual solutions. They'll find a way to say it's illegal and will beat us on a courtroom. All right, screw it. Maybe that's the way. Maybe that's the way. Because I wouldn't be too worried about that because if you look at the laws, um, you know, getting getting charged for ballot harvesting, like, at the, at the most, it's a slap on the wrist. You get, like, it's like a misdemeanor. It's like a class six misdemeanor or something in most states where even if you get caught there's real there's really no consequence for it anyway everyone donate one dollar now that's a great idea now that's an idea i can get behind noel 27 says everyone donate a dollar you're a genius Noel. now that's gonna solve all our problems so thank you noel for trying to start a trend there we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out but uh yeah, so, I mean, if we start ballot harvesting and then they start prosecuting people, I think that would send a message. Nick, it's not just about ballot harvesting, says Amy Girl. They literally can count the ballots behind closed doors for as long as it takes to get the outcome they want. Now, that's why I said if 
we plan to continue to participate in elections, which I think that we should. Personally, I don't I don't care how blatantly rigged the elections are. I don't care if they rig 50 elections in a row. I'm still going to vote because at the very least what it what it does is it exposes the it, it, first of all it forces them to cheat because if you don't vote, well guess what? They don't even have, they don't even have to cheat anymore. That's what I wish people would understand. If you just don't vote, well guess what? Now they don't even have to insert v- fake ballots. Now they don't even have to flip votes on Dominion machines. Now they don't even have to have mules harvest ballots. All they have to do is just depend on you staying home. So that's never made any sense to me. The reason there was a mass awakening after the 2020 election was because there was a massive turnout. People showed up in record numbers, and it forced them to uh, to cheat their ass off. It was obvious, like what's happening in Arizona. Obvious. So I don't, I can't support that idea that we should stop voting. But you're right. You know, they can count ballots behind closed doors and get the outcome they want. You're right about that. Even if you ballot harvest, um, like in Arizona, they have ballot-on-demand printers. They can just print ballots and attach them to fake voters. Boom. It's that simple. They, they all go to, to Runbeck, where they uh, check the signatures. Runbeck, a private company with no oversight, processes the mail-in ballot signatures. They also print the ballots. They also mail out the ballots. The ballots also come back to them. They get the return to sender ballots back to them. So they know um, if this person was sent a ballot and it comes back to us, well, we can cast that ballot on their behalf. You see? CanCon says, 2016 Russia make elections critical infrastructure. Yeah, man. I, 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 uh... That was one of Obama's gifts to us on the way out the door. Our, our gift to, to us is that Obama made um, voting machines critical infrastructure, which allows the federal government to get involved. Dang, Rumble Roy says, here's my dollar and some extra dollars for four broke-ass people. Now, <laughs> I, added the, I added the word ass, but thank you, Roy. Broke-ass people. Rumble Roy just helped out uh, for you guys. Thanks, Roy. Thank you. This trend that Noel tried to start, it really, did, it really didn't take off. But I can't say I'm surprised. Okay, Nobody wants to donate to a guy that's just telling you why a bunch of things aren't going to work. You know, a bunch of things aren't going to pan out. Oh, my God. I just, I'm looking at the news right now. So, whoops. Hold up. Not that. Predictable turncoat Mike Pence calls on Trump to apologize for dining with rapper Ye and his surprise entourage at Mar-a-Lago. Turncoat Mike Pence called on... You just said that. Gateway Pundit says it was a setup. Trump had no idea who Nick Fuentes... They spelled Fuentes wrong, I think. Is and had no idea... He was going to be dining with him at Mar-a-Lago, but Mike Pence is the latest GOP insider to jump at the chance to pounce on President Trump. Pence went on the anti-Trump Trumper uh, Leland Vittert to condemn Trump 
for something he knew nothing about. So here's what he said. President Trump was wrong uh, uh, to give uh, a white... And um, it's buffering. An anti-Semite and a Holocaust denier a seat at the table. And uh, I think he should apologize for it. Uh, and he should denounce those individuals uh, uh, and their hateful rhetoric without qualification. With that being said, as I point out in the book as well, I, I, I don't believe Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. I don't believe he's a racist or a bigot. I, I would not have been his vice president if he was. And... Uh, you know, people often forget the the president's daughter converted to Judaism. Yep. His son-in-law is a devout Jew. Um, his grandchildren are Jewish, and so I, uh, you know, the broad brush of attack that media leveled at him. But uh, I, I think the president demonstrated uh, profoundly poor judgment uh, in in giving those individuals a seat at the table. And as I said, I think he should apologize for it. He should denounce them without qualification. What a jackass, man. <laughs> I mean, what what is Mike Pence literally thinks? Mike Pence literally thinks that he's got a shot at 2024. I can't believe this dipshit thinks anyone's going to vote for him. And he's trying to be, all these interviews he's doing bashing Trump are just uh, promotions for his new stupid book. So, oh man, I, sorry. Wow, I got all these rumble rants. Wow, you did start a trend, Noel. Thank you, sir. Look what you've done. Okay, now I can buy some diapers. TZ Burton says, mine too. So I guess TZ's paying for four broke people. Um, Data Chadaz says, bless you and your hard work, Nick. Thank you. Bless you, my man. Uh, Super Buff Shaft says, Nick's doing a marathon today. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. You want to know why I'm live and why I've been going live? It's because, uh, holy smokes, Noel27 says, Merry Christmas. $20, man. Thank you. All right, all right, guys, enough, enough, because inflation's way too high for this. I appreciate it. I love you guys, but you don't have to be so you don't have to be so generous, okay? We, we, we're, we're doing good on diapers, man, but I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, anyways, the, so so the reason that I'm live, I actually have a deep seated anxiety about going live. I don't know why, you know. So, so when I make my, my videos and I edit them and I maybe say the same sentence 50 times in art, until I can articulate it the way I want to, it feels like I can, I'm like, that, that just feels easy to me. Um, but when I go live, I'm, I feel so much pressure. I feel a lot of pressure. Just like, I, I gotta have, I, I can't have dead space. I gotta fill the airtime with a bunch of facts and 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 articles and stuff like that and there can't be a second of delay between two things and i'm like oh my god i don't even know what i'm talking about i start sweating my armpits start sweating you know i start like my my hands start shaking and then i spend like seven hours preparing for a live stream and by the time i get there i'm like dude my brain's fried i don't even have any energy left my eyes hurt and i don't even want to go live that's what happens pretty much every time. So what I've what I've decided is it's like just go live, bro. Just go live. Don't do a lot of preparation. Just wing it, see how it goes. You know, and get over that fear. It's not necessarily fear, it's pressure. I feel so much anxiety about you know, doing a good job. Element Nat says, 
Thanks for focusing on AZ. Anyways, back to Mike Pence, bitch ass. So Mike Pence says that Donald Trump should apologize for having dinner with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, who he didn't even know. And I think Milo Yiannopoulos was there, who he does know but hasn't seen in a while. But why should he apologize for that? Having dinner with these people. Dude, Kanye literally just lost a billion, multi-billion dollar contract with Adidas because of a tweet. And Donald Trump was banned off Twitter as the freaking president for, for I guess, for telling people to, to go home and, and remain peaceful and respect law enforcement. Like, both these guys have had attempts of ruining their lives for things that they said. And Kanye wants to run for president, and he wanted uh, Donald Trump's advice and stuff. And uh, Kanye was a big MAGA supporter. I mean, look, Kanye, whether you love him or hate him, is extremely, extremely influential. He's a pop culture icon with the young voters, with the African-American voters, with 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 people from, you know, uh, basically people from a different background than, or I mean the different demographic than the typical Trump voter, which is, you know, white, white boomers. I'm sorry. You know, and... So, Kanye brought a lot of people to consider that Trump, hey, maybe he's not so bad because Kanye says he's cool. He had he had the MAGA hat on. He, he brought a lot of voters to Trump. You know, I'm not saying Trump owes him anything, but I'm saying that they've had a good relationship in the past. Now, Kanye, whether he made a mistake or whether he didn't make a mistake with the things that he said, I don't know enough about the situation. I, I truly don't. But... The idea that Trump should have to apologize for sitting down with Kanye is ridiculous. Tim Pool, his beanie wearing, beanie wearing ass. I I, I don't want to. I like Tim Pool, you know. I don't love Tim Pool, but I like Tim Pool a lot. Um, I think he 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 toes the line. He straddles the the edge. He tries to play on the fence and stuff, and it gets on my nerves. But at the same time, I like him. He had Kanye, Milo Yiannopoulos, and he also had Nick Fuentes himself on his show last night. Now, the guys walked off after 10 minutes because I guess Kanye just wasn't, he he wasn't trying to hear that, you know, you can't just say Jew, you have to call these people out individually because that's what everybody's been saying to him. Um, He was like, I'm not going to have another Lex Friedman interview. Either you're going to let me talk or not, and then he left. Because I guess Tim Pool was like, well, you can't just say whatever you want to say. I'm going to have a response. I'm going to have an opinion. And Kanye was like, all right, I'm out. So the next hour and 50 minutes of the show was Tim Pool just processing what just happened. It was potentially the biggest show that he ever had. I mean, it, it, within the first few hours, it got a million views. And then all of a sudden, it all of a sudden, like, he's on the stage with... Like 100,000 live viewers like pissed off at him. Anyways, the idea that Trump should have to apologize. Um, and anybody that sits down with, with Kanye or Nick Fuentes or anybody that even gives them the time of day has to apologize is so retarded. Why don't you ask Pierce Morgan to apologize for interviewing Kanye? Why don't you ask him to apologize? I, I disagree completely completely with Nick Fuentes whole persona and all the way that he 
uh, talks about, like, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of his. Um, now, mind you, I've only seen a few hours of his content, but the part that I heard, the dude literally said the N word, and I was like, nah, nah, this guy's like literally exactly what the mainstream media wants us to be. I, I mean, that was just that was just off the wall. So, I'm not a fan of his, but I would have him on the show. I would have Kanye on the. Of course, I'd have Kanye on the show, Milo Yiannopoulos, because I I believe that it's healthy for people to hear all sides of dis, you know discussion. I don't think it's helpful to censor, as you've seen. If you go look at any clip from Kanye or any any of these guys, Nick Fuentes, any of them, the comment section is riddled with people saying. Look how hard they fight against them. Look how much they censor them. They must be right. All it does is have the opposite effect of what you're trying to do. Because more people are going to want to tune into that. It's called the Streisand effect. The fact that you won't let people hear what they have to say, or you try so hard to push back on their ideas, it just makes people paranoid. They're like, well, there must be something to this because you won't let them talk. So... Trump shouldn't have to apologize, nor should anybody have to apologize for for trying to let people hear um, ideas from from people who could be wrong. But there's there's an old saying that the best way to combat bad ideas is not through censorship, but with good ideas. Behizzi says Tim Pool sits more fences than migrants at the at the border but Kanye also has the personality of a child yeah Kanye dude he he storms out like has a temper tantrum I think I I don't think he's all there uh he says a lot of stuff that resonates with a lot of people makes makes a lot of sense a lot of the time but some of the stuff's just a little bit off the wall and people will take that and they'll say oh he's just misunderstood you know what he's actually trying to say here is is so profound and so genius that it goes over people's heads. They're they're not understand. He's not crazy. He's just misunderstood. Nah, man, I'm pretty sure this guy's actually crazy to a degree. Susan Tevy says, "Thanks for all your hard work, Nick. By the way, my name is Suzette. The VI is for Virgin Island. Oh, where I lived until hurricanes took my house. Ah, I'm sorry to hear that." Dang, you lived on the Virgin Islands and hurricanes took your house. That sucks. Well, don't give me any money. Don't go don't give me any money. I don't deserve your money. Um but okay, Suzette. Suzette. Now I know. I call you Suzette Tevi. It's Suzette. Gretchen says you're doing a great job with this no prep. Go live. Thank you. Thank you. In some ways I think it's better. In some ways I think it's better because it's more authentic, you know? Sometimes I go so hard. Uh, that I, I, I don't take any breaks between sentences. And if I listen back to him, I'm like, nobody can understand you, bro. You're going way too fast. You know? Like, like, like everything's probably going in one ear and out the other. Because you're just going too damn fast. But right now, we got our hair down, we're laid back, we're chilling. And people can understand what I'm saying. So, anyways, like this whole Mike Pence thing. I can't believe people still think this guy's a white hat. This like, where do people get this shit? Mike Pence is a white hat. Bill Barr is a white hat. Uh, I've even heard Merrick Garland is a white hat. It's so dumb. It's so stupid. 
Mike Pence is a traitor. The dude's trying to sell books off of talking shit on Trump. Bill Barr's doing the same thing. And we know, we know that these book deals is how these deep state bastards get paid. I mean, um, like, like these people that, what what was, what was it like? Like some of these politicians that are millionaires, you're like, where'd they get all their money? And they'll tell you it's from book sales, book deals, speaking engagements. No, these speaking engagements, these fundraisers and these book deals is how they get bribes, how they get paid, how they launder their money to pay them for their corrupt deeds. So don't give me this shit that this guy's a white hat, you know? Oh, sorry. Uh, K- Carrie JW725 said, I had a lot of anxiety when I started teaching 19 years ago. It gets easier, I promise. Well, you know the, you know the funny thing is? I actually, for the last five years, have done public speaking engagements talking to people that are residential in addiction facilities for like five years. I have no problem talking publicly about topics which I feel very confident I know what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? I'm new to the political thing, and so sometimes I'll listen to like CanCon or anybody really who's been you know in this for a long time, and I'm like, Dude, this guy's got so much background knowledge of things that I don't know about. And there's so many different little facts and details that put things into a um into context that I'm like, man, it's intimidating. It's intimidating. When you're trying to report on something, and also the other thing is I don't have a good memory. My memory's terrible. So I'll forget stuff. So I'm like, I have to have almost a script. I have to have a bunch of notes to go off of or I'll forget everything. You know, so that's why I do a lot of prepping before shows. Oh, man. So anyways, if you guys could do me a favor and smash that rumble button and share this broadcast, because if we get enough views on this bad boy, I'll do this kind of thing more often. And especially please subscribe to this channel. Please become a subscriber because we're trying to build this bad boy out. You know, we're trying to get we're trying to grow our voice, our platform, the, the wealth pack. You know, we're alive and well. We're doing pretty well. But we want to get we want to get to where we're a force to be freaking reckoned with. Okay? And also but his his channel has blown up to like thirty thousand subscribers in like a, a week. Cause he keeps getting on the damn rumble editor feed. Chris Pavlovsky, where are you at, bro? You know, I want some love. I want some love too. How about a little guitar? And I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting tuckered out. So I've been going for almost two hours, and I think I'm going to wrap this up. Guitar, we'll bust that thing out here, because I got some new guitar strings coming in the mail. Once I restring up that bad boy, maybe we'll bring it out, but not today. Sorry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please smash that rumble button. Please share this broadcast. Please go to nickmosteter.locals.com and consider signing up to be a supporter over there. Helps me do what I do. Uh, you know, we want to stay independent here on the Nick Mosteter channel. Don't want to, and I want to get you know bought out by some network, and then they're like, "Oh, you can't talk about election fraud." I, I don't want to do that crap. I want you guys to consider also saving two hundred fifty dollars on a three month emergency food kit at My Patriot Supply with. You know, you, you get 2,000 calories per day, breakfast, lunches, dinners. It ships fast to your door. It's made in America. And you guys know Trump said it's got to get worse before it gets better. So come on. We're going to have some food. Food shortages, man. 
You better be prepared. All right, so there's a link in the description for that. All my uh, social media is in the description. Please, please, click the click the rumble button. Just click the rumble button, baby. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Enough of this, uh, enough of this crap. Thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.